0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Last week I had a cool privilege and opportunity to be out at Mission Hill and I didn't speak in the main service. I taught children's ministry. But it's so interesting, too. You know, you, you know, I had a great time. I don't know if the kids did or not, but I know I had a good time. I, I had fun. And, and they're doing, a, they're doing a, a series for kids' ministry out there right now that's looking at the life of Joshua. And it's kind of around an extreme sports theme. So, so I decided I would take my unicycle and just kind of ride it for them and, and that whole deal. And so I did. I pulled it up. You know, um, it was, just, it was just fun. But you know, the cool part about teaching kids is this. There's always something for us to learn as well as adults. Right? And so, as you prepare to teach children, an amazing thing happens. We learn something that we can apply into our lives. And that's what happened to me last week. As I'm preparing to teach the kids, I was struck by a thought in that lesson. You know, and here's something to consider. And, and for, for all, all of us, and this is a little snippet of something I said to, to the, the um, Sagu Topeka students Friday night. Each of us should commit to being lifelong learners. Willing to learn in whatever situations we find ourselves. But God really wants to speak to us. And He will do so In quiet moments, but He also speaks to us when we aren't expecting it. In places and situations where we don't really expect to learn something from God. God is willing to leverage every experience we have to teach us something if we're willing to listen. So today, I, I, I thought we would take a look at a passage from the book of Exodus. It takes place in a very pivotal moment for the children of Israel. Moses had been told by God to go up on the mountain, right? To meet with God. And he'd been doing this, you know, back and forth, and and it wasn't the first time that when we get to this, but 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 this happens to be the longest time. And and we know this story. You guys know this story. Previously, Moses would go up to the mountain, up on the mountain. And God would speak with Moses and would give him instructions for the people. We see it, you know, just chapters in the book of Exodus of the instructions that God gives to Moses for the people. For the children of Israel. The problem was the people didn't learn to wait. And the first time that Moses is on the mountain for an extended period of time, all kinds of crazy breaks out. I mean, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys like waiting? Waiting in line at the grocery store? I mean, last week, okay, last week, I I had a meeting over in Overland Park. It started at 5.30 Friday night. Um, it was at Overland Park First Assembly, and I'm there. And I, I've left him plenty of time to do this—to drive over there, to stop at Chick-fil-A, get dinner, and then make it to the church by 5:30. Plenty of time. I pull into the Chick-fil-A, and I, it's about a 15-minute drive to the church. It's 13 minutes, I think, something like that, from where the Chick-fil-A is, and thing. Plenty of time. Pull in. I've mobile ordered. I'm thinking I'm gonna be ahead of the game. I'm thinking, you know what, it can't be that busy before five o'clock. I mean, it just, you know, can't be that busy. So I pull up. I've said I'll go through the drive through to get my food. I pull up, there's two lines. I pull up. All right, I'll choose the right one. Looks like it'll move. Car pulls up next to me. That car moves five positions before I move one. I'm like, why was I lazy? And not walk inside. Makes no sense. Partially because it was tough to find a parking space and all that. So I'm just like, okay, okay. Yes. Five cars easy get through before I ever move. I'm like this, and then, and then, the guy in front of me, two cars in front of me, cars pulled away from the ordering thing, I've already ordered, my food's going to be ready when I, I just got to pull up the thing and say, I got a mobile order for Steve, they're going to be like, okay, just pull forward, thank you, I've already paid for it, I mean, I got this down, right, I have, I was late, yep, wasn't because of traffic, on the street, because the traffic in the drive through at Chick-fil-A it, it took well over 15 minutes to get my food look I should have walked in we hate waiting there's a reason why I get curbside delivery at Chick-fil-A here I order on my app I got this it's cuz I don't like waiting Neither did children of Israel. And and when they had to wait, they went crazy. Right? You know the story. You know what happens. You you know what Moses is up there. God is speaking to him. He's giving him instructions. I mean, he's he's getting he's been up there for we don't know how long before they start this whole process, because we don't know how long it takes to make a golden calf, but but they, you know, how many days is he up there? Totally he's up at 40. But 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 how many days is it before they start to, you know, bring in their gold and melt it down so that Aaron can whip them up a new God? Right? I mean, what are they thinking? And yet, they wouldn't wait long enough. They, they, they're like, wow, well, we haven't heard nothing. He must be dead. Right? That's about what they're saying. They're like, yep, yep he's dead. So let's make us a... And then they make this golden calf and they put it up there and they're like, here is the God that led us out of Egypt. (laughs) Like, how quickly they forgot. So Exodus 32.1 says this, and this is kind of the summation of that whole thing, right? When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gather on air and, come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from your ears and of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, "Oh Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Forty, forty, forty days. Is also 40. And we know it didn't take quite 40, but 40 days. They had seen some crazy miracles. 40 days. God immediately tells Moses at this point what's going on in the camp. And he tells Moses, You better get down there. God tells Moses these people are stiff-necked and rebellious and that He, God, is going to wipe them out. Moses interceded for the people on three different occasions in this time frame. And God spares their lives. Now, there is a plague that gets involved, and so God sends a plague on them and that whole thing. And it's against that backdrop that we read in Exodus 33. So we see, this is kind of a weird moment because here's all this stuff that's going on. And then Exodus 33. Verse 1 says, The Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give you, to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way ever get that way traveling with children? <laughs> I can't travel with you people because I'm going to destroy you along the way. You uh, probably never said that, but there were moments probably where you were wishing you could call fire down from heaven. Okay. <laughs> when the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you even for a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request to the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their tents Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. I mean, think about this for just a moment. Think about what's going on here. How amazing that moment would have been. Moses had some incredible moments on the mountain, right? I mean, God is speaking directly to him. And he's able to interact. But when you read read this, you recognize that Moses would make this trip outside the camp, and he would go to the tent of meeting, and God would talk with him. In the midst of Israel's rebellion, God speaks to Moses in the middle of the work that God had called Moses to do God spoke with him there's no way Moses would have been able to lead the children of Israel for 40 years if he led them in the desert if it wasn't for God speaking with him regularly can you imagine what it would be like what it would have been like to be in a tent of meeting and God speaking directly and regularly with Moses. As in a conversation. Could you imagine? I mean, what it would have been like just, I mean, it would have been cool just to be, be able to sit there and just, just kind of off in the corner of the tent just to listen to the conversation between God and Moses. Just to hear the interaction. Because we know Moses was not passive in this. In fact, he intercedes for the people. Now understand what's happening here. There is no real paradigm for that. Understand that that Moses is making intercession and there is no atonement set up yet. There there is no tabernacle. There's no sacrificial system. There's really not a whole lot going on. There's this whole moment of Moses going, God, if You wipe them out, wipe me out. Moses is essentially saying, God, if You're going to kill them, kill me. Blot me out. He stands in the gap for them. and In some ways, he's a little bit of a foreshadowing of of Jesus, obviously. and, And so we see this, and we just see... That, that Moses has this relationship with God, reminds God of his covenants, reminds God of things. I mean, he reminds God of things that God had said. And Moses stands in between God and a people that is going to bring him heartache. You may go through moments in life where you're standing in between God and people that are bringing you heartache. I don't know what that looks like all the time. But I know this. We all often need somebody to stand in between God and the people that are bringing us heartache. We often need, well, we needed somebody to stand in between us. We've just sung about it. We've just taken elements to remind us of it that we have to have somebody stand between God and us. We needed a mediator. We needed an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus is that. And so Moses is standing there and he's, he's standing between God and the people. But the crazy cool part is, is God's speaking to Moses directly and regularly as in a conversation. The Scriptures tell us that God would speak with Moses like one speaks with a friend. Now, as we talk about that passage and we talk about that verse, it all gets interpreted differently. Right? Because in our culture today, as one speaks with a friend, it might be completely text message. I'm not sure how God would have navigated that. Would he have used a bunch of, you know, abbreviation kind of stuff? Laugh out loud? I don't know. I have no idea. But God spoke so that Moses understood. And that's an interesting concept, right? God speaks to Moses so Moses understands. It's important for us to listen to God in that way as well. But it also is important for us to speak to others about God in the way they understand. Right. So when we look at this, God speaks to Moses so that Moses understands. But also we need to understand that in God's presence, there is some really amazing things. Byproducts of the presence of God. Right? In, in God's presence, there's peace. In God's presence, there is joy. In God's presence, there's correction. In God's presence, there is freedom. In God's presence, there is instruction. In God's presence, there is wisdom. In God's presence, there is hope. Now, we could go on and on about God's presence. But we can sum it up this way. God's presence changes things. It also changes people. God's presence is preparation and equipping for the life that God calls each of us to lead. Okay, I, I, I've kind of picked up over time that Pastor Mike likes cars. okay, Kind of automotive kind of things, right? So he'll often use an automotive illustration. This is my best shot. Okay, it's, it's not going to make any sense because I don't know anything about cars, but I'm going to give it a shot, right? I want you for just a moment to picture your dream car. I mean, I don't know what it would be. I mean, it might be a classic muscle car. It could be a 55 Thunderbird. Maybe you had one. I was talking to my aunt yesterday, and she was like, oh man, I want my Mustang back. She said, I don't want one like it. I want mine back. Um, She used some terminology. She said, if you look it up, like search for it, what did she say lime gold or something like that? I don't know, something, something weird like that, a color. Um, it just sounds weird, and so I didn't look it up. But she said that's the color of the Mustang, and I really want that one back. Maybe it's a sports car. I don't know, maybe it's, for whatever car you're picturing, you think about it, it's just—it's an amazing piece of machinery. It's just—you know—maybe it's a convertible. I don't know. Some days that would be beautiful around here. Some days it would be miserable around here, right? Um, I want you to think about what it would be like to drive a thing down the street. I mean, how great would it feel to drive your dream car down the street? Now I want you to picture what it would be like to drive that car down the street without all its cylinders functioning. Can you imagine a sports car that runs on six of eight cylinders? Or eight of ten? It wouldn't run, would it? Yeah, it would run, but not very good. See, I told you I don't know anything about cars. I mean, it would be like a little weird sound in one. I mean, and when you kind of, you know, get the stoplight and you're going to race somebody off the line, which I know all you do, so I've seen you guys on 21st, where you, just, you know, just, That's what life would be like without the presence of God. You're not firing all cylinders. You're not experiencing all that God wants. And so, there's this moment when we realize that God's presence really does matter. And there's a... Verse 7 is just an interesting verse in this passage. And it's... First verse, you know, it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request to the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Now, now, that was interesting to me, right? Because when I read that, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Everybody could go? Everybody who wanted to make a request to the Lord could go to the tent of meeting. Like, We don't really spend a lot of time on that. But but everybody could go, even at that time. That's so interesting, right? Everyone was welcome to go out and make a request to the Lord. I don't know if they could go at the same time as Moses or not, but I do notice this. When Moses went, everybody stood up and knelt and watched. And the presence of God would descend over that tent. It doesn't say that about when they went. It did not say that at any other time. But it brought up a question. If they were able to go, how often did they go? We don't, we don't have a record of that. I, mean, I wish we did. How often did they go? And then it brought up another question. Are we willing to go to the presence of God to make a request? Or are we just satisfied with a quick prayer in our head for the things that we're needing? Where is the desire to see God work more on our behalf? One final verse. that caught my attention as I was teaching the kids. It was Exodus 33.11. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. He raised the question for me. Did Joshua stay in the tent of meeting long after Moses was gone because he knew he was going to be a leader someday? Or did he become leader because he stayed behind in the tent of meeting? Which one was it? Now, we don't know. One thing we do know is we know it didn't hurt him. Joshua gained much of what he needed to lead Israel after Moses because he spent time in God's presence. One thing we know is Joshua was a great leader because of the presence of God. Now, when we look at our own lives, what is it that we need? what is it that we need help in? What is it that we need God's presence in? Well, the easy answer is we need God's presence in everything. I get it, right? That's pretty simple. But but where's the place right now that you have need of God's presence? It was interesting that way back there, tent of meeting, prior to the tabernacle, prior to Jesus, everybody could go to the tent of meeting and make a request of God. If that was true at that point, how much more so is it true today? Especially because we know that we already have right relationship with God. See, our relationship with God has been taken care of because of Jesus. We have the ability to be in the presence of, of God. And we, we're, we're not worried about if I approach wrongly, What's that? Was that like the zap moment? Is that what? You know, if we approach wrongly, you know, because that happened. Right? Even for, the, for the, the priests to go in and make sacrifice, if they went in wrongly, kaboom, they're done. They drug them out. We don't have to worry about that. But when I look at this, I'm thinking, okay. If we want to be the people that God wants us to be, if we want to lead the way we should lead, and that means lead as in leaders of stuff and leaders of our lives, Look, you can sum it up this way. We've got to lead ourselves right in order to lead others right, right. So if we don't lead ourselves right, forget leading anything else. So, so if we can get to the place where we lead ourselves right, and Joshua got that figured out as a young man. He figures out if I stay in the presence, I'm going to become what God wants me to become. I'm going to be able to do... Like, I don't know that he knew at that point. I don't think he knew. I don't think he's like, oh, I'm going to succeed Moses. Like, I got this. I don't think that's where he's at. I think he just wanted to be with God. And at some point, God chooses him to leave. Now, he knew he was close because he was Moses' assistant. But but the point is, He spent the time in God's presence. Now, what does that look like? Yes, it looks like spending time in the Word. It looks like spending time in prayer. That's what those things look like. But it just becomes this, this attitude as well. That every place we go, and everything we do, God's presence is there. That's hard to keep in mind sometimes. It's hard to understand many moments. I mean, we can go into things and situations as I'm sitting in a drive-thru going, this is crazy. There's one reason to be in a drive-thru. It's order food. So like when the person moves away from the ordering Speaker, pull up to it. Don't stay on your phone looking at Facebook because that's what the guy in front of me did. But how often are we that person where we're in the place of God's presence and we're worried about other things? And... God saying, will you just spend time with me? In this moment, in this time, will you just be with me? Be in my presence and enjoy that. There's plenty of other times to look at other stuff and worry about other things. You came here for this reason. Do it. That's true of Sunday mornings, and it's true of Monday through Saturday. There needs to be these moments where, and I know, look, if anybody in this world understands what it's like to get distracted by stuff, it would be me. Okay, I get it. All right, like I can be distracted by all kinds of stuff. But the point is, and it's not a legalism, it's just to say, look, I'm going to zero in and I'm going to focus in this moment on the presence of God and I'm just going to spend time with Him. And that's what it's going to be like for us to lead ourselves well and to lead others well is to spend time in His presence. And experience all the things He has for us in His presence, which is like we could go on and on all day about it. But the key is just to get there and all those other things will take care of themselves. right? You're going to go into God's presence and you're going to know you've got a need. He's going to meet it before you realize it. You're going to go in stressed and He's going to give you peace. You're gonna go in with something going on and He's gonna give you what you need. It's in His presence that lives change. We could look at the New Testament now and it's got right, lives change in the presence of Jesus. Right? You know, I mean it was just simple. You could simply walk up behind him and grab a hold of his clothes, and people lives changed. That's what it means to be in his presence. He wants to change. Lie. One of the things that we notice when Moses spent time on the mountain in particular, well, there was a noticeable difference in Moses' life when people saw him. There will be a noticeable difference in your life when people see you if you spent time in his presence. People are going to want to be around you. People are going to want to experience your presence because you're carrying the presence of God with you. You're going to have an impact on other people's lives because the presence of God is now carried with you where you're going. You're going to bring the presence of Jesus with you. You are His ambassador. We are. But it all starts with a simple thought of I'm going to stay behind in the presence of God when other people wander away. Even when the leader has to go do his work, I'm going to wait in his presence and I'm just going to learn from God. We can't spend all of it there, right? Look, wherever we are, his presence is with us. Learn in those moments that he's wanting to teach. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this morning. Thank You, God, for this time. I pray, Lord, that You would help each of us Lord, wherever we are as a reminder to just simply come back into Your presence with somewhat of a determination, but a commitment. And then to recognize that those quiet moments, those moments where we kind of block out everything else, prepare us to live Your presence out before others. That that it will enable us to see what You're doing, to hear what You're doing in the midst of our everyday lives. Lord, that we would do and experience what we need to experience in the quiet moments in the moments in our tent of meeting so that we will be able to live out and lead well out of the abundance that comes from Your presence. Lord, that You would, in the midst of that, empower us with Your Holy Spirit Lord, that we would be able to make a difference in our world. Lord, thank You for what You're doing in our lives, God. Let us celebrate who You are and worship You for a few moments. That You will be glorified and honored. In Jesus' name.